0: illustrious King Julian, self-proclaimed Lord of the Lemurs, etc. etc. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the King Julian Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Owens, as always. And with me, I have a guest that has been in the UT alum with me. Um, we did Texas State Television with me together for a few years, and uh, it's a... I would say Freaking Collaborator, but unfortunately, due to a lot of things that's happened, our episodes never air, but <laughs> hopefully this one works well for us. But without further ado, my guest here tonight is Camille Brooks. Camille, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing better. I just wish my allergies would stop acting up because Texas decides its weather doesn't want to stay consistent, but...
1: Never does. <laughs> Probably never will.
0: Unfortunately. And so <laughs> until then, my allergies are going to act up, but... We're, we're not here to talk about biologies. We're here to talk about representation in TV. Um, if you guys listened to the last week's episode, uh, we talked about accountability in the film industry and how Brett and I, who was the guest that time, kind of felt like we should kind of account hold accountability for people who are in the film industry. Now, we're going to talk about a medium that kind of does it a little better than film, which is TV. Um, and Camille, I would I would ask you, because... This past Emmy season, we've seen a lot of black creators and black actors, actors, act, act, yeah, actresses win some very big awards. Like y'all got winning for best actor, Regina King winning for best actress, and
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: it's a really, I would say, it's a really great swing in terms of representation for people of color, women of color, or just women in general in the TV spectrum. But I guess my question to you would be this. Do you think that with where TV is, with this golden age now, do you feel like the representation is there and it's in a positive effect? Or do you still feel like we're back in the early 2010s where we still need some time to work on that, if that makes sense?
1: I think there will always be things to work on. But presently, it is certainly better than it's ever been in my conscious life.
0: Okay, understandable.
1: <laughs> I mean, there is always gonna be progress that needs to be made as our world evolves, as communities evolve. I mean, there are things that were okay on shows in the 80s, 90s, whatever, that would never fly in a show today. You're right. And I'm sure that will be the case in 2040, 2050. There'll be things we watch that won't be okay.
0: And to your point, like. Uh, One of my favorite shows that I watch now that I feel like is cool now until I would say, give it 10, 15 years, people are going to be like, why were you guys okay with this? (laughs) Would be BoJack and Rick and Morty, right? Yeah, I I love both of those shows that really tackle really hard conversations. And one of my favorite episodes is when BoJack has to sit down and have a conversation about like, demons of his past in this season, like in the last season of Bojack. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched it. But, um, you know, I was sitting there like, wow, I don't know if this would fly 10, 15 years from now. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. how South Park and Family Guy kind of was risky when we are in the early 2000s. And now I feel like Bojack, Rick and Morty, and inevitably South Park still doing that to this day. But I would agree with you. I feel like we're now at this digital age where everything is changing and it's getting for the better. But unfortunately, the I would say the not confidentiality, but the idea of what's right and what's wrong will always be continuously evolving, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you.
0: And so like I was going to say for one instance. and. I I've watched this show back and forth, and this is one show that you I feel like you wanted to speak about was Glee. Mm-hmm. And if we go with Glee, I have only watched, <laughs> I would say the first two seasons of Glee, I'm not even going to lie, I watched a bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But from what I saw from Glee, I thought, in a sense, it was like community, where you have the representation, you have that quote-unquote person of color that you use as not a scapegoat per se, but as somebody who kind of chimes in in certain things and gives you more of a like a quote-unquote soul vibe for the show Mm -hmm. and seeing Glee now and looking at what it's doing with itself is like oh this was this is kind of cringy just a little bit I don't know if you would agree with me on that I agree a million per se
1: (laughs) I did not watch all of Glee either definitely not the later seasons there were some episodes I popped in and out of uh, but in the beginning i watched it all and it, with both their people of color and their queer representation it was very uh questionable it, i think it's the best word i could use
0: and i was just going to say and i i guess for me in terms of questionable right back then when we were watching we were like oh wow they put somebody in this show to have you know some kind of conversations with that being said but I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a huge Glee fanatic, but from what I've seen in the show and from what I can tell from what I saw was like, there's not that much conversation around it. Like there's maybe an episode or two that talks about it, but it's not like anything that's really addressed. If that makes sense. I don't know if you would agree with that.
1: Yes, I would.
0: Okay. And so one show, and I was going to say, which I feel like is really good or- somebody who i feel like we should tackle just a little bit about their representation in tv shows and i guess i call him the shonda Rhimes of the fx network is ryan murphy with all of the riveting shows that he has recently right um ryan
1: murphy's also glee
0: right and i that's why i'm like it's 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 that's why i like we i feel like we should expand on him just a little bit yeah because for me ryan murphy was is now like like i said he's this shonda rhymes for fx he's putting out American Horror Story. He's put out um, Ratchet. That's now on Netflix. He's put out Hollywood. He's put out, um, what was that show that just came out? Oh, he did the um, American Crime anti- I mean, miniseries. And I feel like now with the creative direction that he is able to do, we're now able to see the representation. I guess Ryan really kind of wanted to do in his early stages of g- glee but i don't i i kind of feel perplexed watching some of his shows i don't know if you would agree with me on that and we can expand on that if you want
1: i think it's it reads to me that he paid attention to the feedback people had the negative feedback people had regarding the representation on glee who glee was definitely his longest running show i'm sure horror story is close at this point But back when it started, Glee was the longest running and had the most eyes on it. And that always means there's the most feedback. So it's good that he's been able to take people's feedback about there being kind of token representation rather than like actual genuine representation. And
0: try to move forward with that positively. And I I was going to say, and I, I agree with that. To an extent, so like for instance, one of one of the shows that I kind of wish did a little bit better, or the miniseries that what I wish would have done better in terms of attacking like people of color per, per se was Hollywood, right? The miniseries that he put out on Netflix, and yes, you tackled, I guess in a sense, what it means to be a black gay man writing for Hollywood and how it feels to be a black lady star woman in Hollywood, but I. I feel like it didn't do enough justice. Like I feel like you know you have these snippets of like 5 minutes of exposition dealing with what they were going through, right? And you know the whole series was about what eight six episodes 6 to 8 episodes right if I remember correctly. And watching Hollywood I'm just sitting there wondering I understand that you are wanting to change certain aspects of Hollywood and you wanted to fictionalize it just a little bit, but I felt like he didn't give as much attention to the black characters or the people of color in that show. Whereas, you know, um, the guy who plays, um, Jimmy Parsons, James Parsons character or the guy that he's representing as an actor or even the two leads of not the two leads, but the white male counterpart for the black lead in the show. I'm just like, I've expected more. But when you look at his other projects like Pose, like um, the assassination of Gianni Versace, you are able to see the different stories and how those kind of flesh out. And I feel like just in my personal opinion, I wish there was more consens- consistency with that, if that made sense for you.
1: Yeah, it does. And I think it's, at the end of the day, just difficult to, like, really genuinely write the story of a community you don't belong to.
0: Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah.
1: Like, you can be a warrior for a community all you want, but can you really write the struggle of a Black person in Hollywood if you're not at least speaking to a Black person in Hollywood while you write it, you know?
0: Oh, OK. All right. See, not are See, that's a, that's a very interesting take because, you know, I feel like that's what a lot of people are trying to do. And that's what um, in my last week's episode, we kind of discussed. It's like, you know, Hollywood. I don't know if you know, Camille, but Hollywood has now does this two this checklist that you have to do to be in the Academy Awards, per se. Right. And if you don't check two of these four boxes, your film can't be nominated for Best Picture. And I kind of feel like this kind of coincides with what TV's. TV sitcoms or TV shows in general, even since the 70s and 80s, even the 60s, trying to do is like, you have producers and writers who hasn't been in this experience, but kind of trying to write and fictionalize an experience that they've never been dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard now, specifically in these kind of, like, especially in 2020, you, you should be able to find a writer a Black creator that could be able to expand on these stories and expand on certain things about the experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, one of the shows that I, I'm starting to watch now and I wish I finished was The Haunting of Black Manor. And, you know, there's a, a Black gay character in there and kind of, or I wouldn't say she's gay, she's bisexual. And literally how she's navigating through life with this demonic spirit going around is the lack of a better term I would use. so people don't know what I'm talking about with Black manner. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it kind of does a really great job of trying to manipulate and like flesh out a story while explaining an overarching story, right? And I feel like if you're going to be doing stuff like that, I feel like you should have somebody who is in the LGBTQ community or somebody who is Black who rep- who is in, in that community and who has experienced these Uh, not atrocities but these um these transgressions or these oppressions that you're trying to project on the screen and have them as consultants or somebody who's actually writing the character in if that makes sense i feel like not enough tv shows do that nowadays still
1: bly manor has gotten a lot of deserved praise for how it's handled its queer characters and how it's such an isolated space genre the whole way that Bly Manor is set up you know they rarely ever leave the house so you never see these queer characters in Danny and Jamie have to deal with any of the mess and the homophobia that the 1980s would have brought and people love that so much I mean my my social media is filled with queer women because I am a queer woman so I've seen more Feedback and more love and positivity surrounding Bly Manor. Then, I mean, I'm about to go watch horror. I hate horror, but I'll do it. (laughs) I'll do it for the gays. And they've been talking about how many women are in that writing room and queer women. And I think that that shows.
0: And you can. And I was just gonna say that it definitely shows through progression and through the scenes that I've been watching. I'm on episode six and by by the by the time this episode is released i do plan on finishing up blind man so i'll know more about the context of everything and like know the full story about blind man because it's something that piqued my interest but not really and how they're integrating characters together is so well done like i'm sitting here watching and i'm just so mesmerized and you know i i hate to be that person here on this podcast i haven't seen haunting of hill house still i've yet to see it (laughs) <laughs> I'm a huge horror fan, and for me not to say that I've watched Haunting of Hill House kind of says something, but watching Bly Manor and watching the performances and the way that they're telling stories meant so much to me that I have to now go watch Hill House and just to see what it's about, even though I know it's going to be kind of by the numbers white family that's being like haunted, and the way that the guy who created both of these shows kind of Still do his tropes like he did with Doctor Sleep, but Blind Manor was so intriguing and so interesting. Like I now, like okay, all right, sign me up. I'm every time you have somebody who is of a of a minority group, I'm I'm I have to sit there and watch it now. You know, yeah. whereas with Ryan Murphy, I'm kind of like, okay, is it like Pose? Is it like? you know, Gianni Versace, the assassination of that. If not, I'm kind of like not really into it because it doesn't really flesh out anything, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, completely.
0: Okay. And I didn't
1: watch Hill House either because I'm very easily scared. But from what I have understood people to talk about, it's that if you're a fan of horror, you would like Hill House better because it's scarier. But if you like, like, the deep thought kind of scary or just like a good story that has some thrill in there than Bly Manor all day.
0: See, and that's and I feel like that's where my taste of horror came from. Cause, you know, side note before we, we we jump up a little bit, um I'm a huge I was a huge horror fan. I just felt like I wanted story with horror meshed together. And now this new I call it the new Renaissance era of horror films are kind of doing that for me and it's so great I can have that I'm just I guess I don't you probably you're not a horror fan but for me I'm just I'm tired of seeing by the numbers demon possession movies I'm I I'm just tired of them Mm -hmm. I don't need to see anymore I'm tired of all these haunting shows but if you can give me a renovating story and something to cling on to oh hell yes sign (laughs) me up and how like I said they've handled everybody together, and how they're navigating stories is just so damn good. So yes, I'm, I, I love horror, and this kind of revitalized my, like, oh, I need to watch more Halloween movies and more horror movies now, like that's like this. So yes, I completely agree with you. Now, let me ask this, because I don't, would you call this horror? I would call this more of a fantasy horror, if you call it that. Have you seen Lovecraft Country?
1: i have seen clips of lovecraft country Oh my and i have nobody has any not a single negative thing to say about that show everyone is obsessed it
0: is so
1: damn
0: good so um for people who don't know this is a jj abrams and jordan peele production show that they have done together and you i never thought and i'm gonna say this on this podcast now i never thought that putting those two minds together to produce a show like Lovecraft Country, I never thought it would work, but it's so fucking works. <laughs> so works. And there's one specific episode and I, I wish you could watch. I mean, if you get the chance, I would love for you to watch this episode. There's one episode where this character and throughout the in, majority of the series before to this point, she was a woman who basically was sidelined by her husband throughout the entire episode, right? And so, I mean, throughout the entire first couple episodes of the show. And they have a whole episode dedicated to her. And it's the best, and you could tell by the writing and, again, the performances all around and the themes that it brings up. It really kicked this idea of woman empowerment, woman equality, and just open woman sexuality and orientation in general it just it did such a phenomenal job as just opening up that spectrum to just say she's just not this woman who has a husband that she just kind of stands behind she is this fearing god fearing in a sense woman who can be able to do whatever the fuck she wants to Mm -hmm. and when i watch this i'm like wow why can't i get more of that you know and you know, I I wish, and I, I, I'm hypering on it now because I just finished the season finale and I I was in tears. I, I love this show so much and I can't wait for a season two. But it's it does things that I've never thought that a TV show would do specifically for somebody who was quote unquote written as a certain way. You know, like I said, in the beginning of the show, you just know that she is this woman who's married to this guy who writes um, what you call them, like, green books in a sense, who will basically help you with safe travel books while you're in, in the Dixie South and, and the Jim Crow South in the 50s and 60s. And, you know, that's kind of where she starts off and then how she grows into this phenomenal woman by the end of the season was so damn good. I highly recommend it. Once I remember the name of the episode and this particular episode, I would definitely recommend watching it. How ever though camille i do have to say it is a great i i hate to say it's a great way for you to start on their first episode because if you've seen any of jj abrams like move tv shows it's it ends away like what the fuck happened (laughs) and now you're just like okay i just want to watch more i just want to keep digging in and figure out more and so all the stuff that's been going on kind of steer heads to what happens at the end at this episode i'm thinking about but i i still ugh, love that show like absolutely love that show i highly recommend it so good
1: and i'm gonna be this person but that's what happens when you let women write women
0: oh you're no you you are absolutely right i feel like and this is an issue with hollywood this is an issue with mediums in general i feel like you don't there's not a lot of women who write for women. It's like, Oh, yeah, I'm a man. Right. <clears throat> I'm a man. And I feel like I know how to write for a woman. It's like, no, you don't. you really yeah. don't.
1: And you it, can be an incredible writer and it's not a knock on the male writers out there that really try. But like I said earlier, I mean, it's, it's just difficult to truly write from the perspective of something that you don't have.
0: Yes, I completely agree. And oh, it's, I feel like that's why I feel like the representation in Hollywood is getting better, but I feel like it should get even better than where it is now. Like, yes, we're putting more people in women, more women of color, queer women. We're putting just people in general of color into roles that back 20 years ago, we probably wouldn't even have. And for HBO and I would have said Netflix, but Netflix is, cutting every damn thing nowadays
1: yeah like literally Uh, put a queer woman in a show and netflix will cancel
0: it you're not lying though which is so sad but anyways it's like netflix is canceling all their really good shows that dedicate different aspects of different lives of people whereas hbo since i would even argue since last year has been knocking it out of the park Mm -hmm. in terms of representation we have uh i may destroy you lovecraft um euphoria which um and it just does a damn good job of showing you different lives of different women and people of color i just i gotta commend hbo for knowing what the hell it does because i mean since sopranos they've known what the fuck they were doing yes they have (laughs) they
1: don't slip i don't (laughs) think i don't think they've ever slipped
0: well, I, I I will argue the last season of Game of Thrones, which is neither okay. here nor there. Well
1: <laughs> don't get me started on Game of Thrones, just in general. But
0: you you know, <laughs> but besides that, like HBO yes. has been hitting hits out of hits for the last two to three years, and I I I can't stop and commend HBO for doing that. And I feel like there's not enough shows that tries that. You know, like I said, one of my I'll i argue it here. One of my favorite satires is South Park, but unfortunately your two black characters are unfortunately stereotypes. And yeah. One's literally called Tolkien because he's the Tolkien black guy and you had <laughs> Chef, but you know, due to disagreements in the passing of Isaac Hayes, you kinda got rid of that. But, you know, I just wish the way that all these other shows are tackle certain social issues, you just ask for representation. And I feel like what happened this past summer with, um, what's that new show with Josh Gad and the guys from uh, Hamilton? Um, what show is that from Apple TV? Oh, Central Park, like like that. Um, you basically put in an actual woman of, like who's mixed into the role of the daughter of Leslie Odom and, you know, now we're gonna be able to see that. And Big Mouth, same thing with the character who was playing, um, the girl who was in Big Mouth, I keep forgetting her name so quickly. I'm so sorry. And these are my shows that I love. And you're putting actual women in there, and you're now actually getting people who can actually speak on being a mixed woman and being in that community. It's it's really nice that we're getting there, but it should have been like that since the beginning. Yeah. Okay. I agree.
1: And Lovecraft country is making me want. Like, I might have to do it. I know I'm going to have nightmares. (laughs) But it might be worth it. I feel like it's worth it. They've turned the whole notion of horror upside down. Yes. Where you have, like, it's always been a trope of the genre that the black person dies first. They turn that upside down the whole thing being based around the stories of H.P. Lovecraft, who was like a total white supremacist is amazing and a big yes. F you to that. <laughs> and then you have a black female showrunner. A female showrunner is rare enough.
0: But a, black, a black
1: female, female showrunner.
0: Show like
1: Plus Jordan Peele, I might have to do it.
0: I'm telling you, I, I, I enjoyed it, I recommend it. The only thing we would have to talk about once you do finish it, Camille, is what I feel like they will do with the next season. Which that's not going to spoil anything. I feel like I oh, going to know spoil how it everything. ends.
1: I look oh. up everything. <laughs>
0: Camille,
1: I don't. I don't do well. I get stressed easily. Oh my god! So I always read what's going to happen so I'm not stressed out.
0: Camille, it does. Oh, I swear on. to you, it doesn't
1: take away my enjoyment. It never does. <sighs>
0: I thought there was less people like me. That's why I'm saying, come on. <laughs> I thought there was less people. So I get talked about a lot because I do the exact same thing. I I like to know what the ending is, but the journey getting to the end will never stop the excitement and the enjoyment of it. Exactly.
1: But, people judge me all the time.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, why is there so many of us who do this? I don't get it. <laughs> like, there's so many of us. But like... I do that all the time, so I get it. I, I completely understand and get it. Uh, but anyways, back to the point. I was gonna say, I I really wanna see more development in the roles and things like that with Lovecraft Country. And one thing that I will really ask, or not ask, one thing that I would really, really want to see more of is more women being main main leads, right? Like, Jonathan Majors, don't get me wrong, you were phenomenal in this film. I mean, this TV show, in this first season. But I would like to see a female lead in the second season, a woman lead, who can basically run the show just as great as Jonathan Majors tried to do with, not tried, succeeded with in the first season, you know? I don't want it to be like, oh, okay, here's your black male who's leading the show. And then, oh, okay, now we have Journey who is going to have a role – who's gonna do some things, but it's not gonna be as impactful or as quote unquote significant as what Jonathan Majors, his character had to do in the film, I mean the show, you know? hmm So I, I will commend that. But I don't, see, now we're going down the rabbit hole of HBO shows. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask this, another show that I think really does a damn good job of representation where the whole graphic novel in itself was completely white well majority white no actually completely white um was Watchmen I don't know oh if you watched goodness. I don't know if you watched Watchmen with Regina King I sure did okay like again to my point I don't I don't know how you got a. I even though it was a white man who was a white showrunner for this show whoever he got on the writing team whoever he put in for like consulting and helping flush out certain characters in that show did, I think did a, such a good job. Like, yeah, they did. I'm so upset at it being just a mini series cause you know, um, it's a continuation of the actual graphic novel. But I'm like, well, looks like I'll never get more than yep. that. But this was arguably the best eight episodes I've ever had in my life, best eight episodes so uh, and Regina i was gonna
1: king man
0: oh i i was gonna say regina king she will always get my rose and she deserves every single rose and i don't know if you know but she does have um a film that's coming out soon yes one night in miami she, she and, was the
1: first black woman to ever make venice
0: film festival right and i'm like for that movie to get so much buzz for one night in miami i can't I, I can't wait until it gets released. Yeah, I'm excited a, to watch it. I don't know if it has released it. Does it though? Not that I've seen. Okay, that's what I thought. I, I needed to come out ASAP because I want to see what Regina King can do because, uh, yes, anything Regina King, yes. <laughs> um, but I just, again, just explaining the trauma of dealing with being an army vet, a Vietnam vet at that, and then dealing with a uh, second version of the Tulsa, like, not massacre in a sense where they're killing all the cops, and now you have to basically deal with the trauma of that, dealing with the trauma of being a Vietnam vet, dealing with the trauma of the fact that—spoiler alert, sorry—that your whole husband can control worlds and destroy people with one wand hand was just so damn interwovenly well done. I just. Uh, I I, I just feel like, again, I I can't stress this enough. HBO, please continue what you're doing. I don't know whose roadmap is this. I don't know how you guys are doing it, but please send this roadmap to HBO Max, your your sister company. Please send it to Netflix because this is exactly what we're looking for in films and in TV shows in general.
1: I mean, it's showing showrunners and creators that like, look look at what happens when you're willing to put in the work like look at how your audience responds when you're willing to dig into these communities to fill your writer's room with people that you want to represent it shows in your final product
0: and that's why i'm just i'm so excited and i feel like there's so many other shows that can do better with representation that just doesn't do a good enough job for it and i feel like there was one show that you had in mind that you wanted to bring up on here. Um, excuse me, was Winona Earp, right? And oh my
1: God. I, I haven't with right. Earp.
0: I, I haven't seen it. I never I, I've never spent a minute on watching the show, but that was one show that you really brought up that you really wanted to have a conversation about and talk about. So I guess I was gonna ask you, what about this show? is problematic for you, and well, before that, what is the synopsis of the show? Because, I mean, like I said, I've seen, like, clips and trailers here and there, but I mm-hmm. I don't really know what's going on, if that makes sense.
1: Well, let me start by saying the show does way more good than it does wrong. My qualms are minor. Okay. I love this show. And I think it's excellent. Uh, w- the premise is that Wyatt Earp back in his day famous gunslinger was cursed by one of the people that he killed he killed somebody's sons they were not pleased about that so they cursed him and now all 77 people that Wyatt Earp killed come back to haunt his descendants
0: oh shit okay
1: so and every time they turn 27, which is when Wyatt started his gunslinging, they have to, these people resurrect. All the ones that were killed before get resurrected. Oh. And Wynona okay. ERP is the fifth heir. She's his great great granddaughter and she is the first female heir. And the story starts on her 27th birthday
0: okay all right that's why i was confused because i was like okay there's a dude and a girl going on i was i was trying to figure out where they was going with it but because i was just like all right whatever i wasn't really paying attention i kind of just left it alone i know Mm -hmm. it's on um netflix um yeah it it airs on sci-fi but it's on netflix oh see i didn't even know that okay perfect so it's a sci-fi show but it's on netflix okay perfect so I know I can be able to binge it. Cool. And even though you said there's a lot of, there, you have more pros on it instead of cons, but what are your minor, minor quarrels with this show, I guess, before we talk about like your overall good feelings and positive vibes about the show?
1: The show does an absolutely incredible job with its queer representation. Okay. What it lacks is with its people of color representation. And I think they've fallen victim to the, like, let's cast a person of color, because not necessarily because it looks good, like, I won't say they're doing it for optics, but like they'll write a person of color into the story and they are kind of tropey. You know, like they'll have a Latina woman come in and she's the other woman. Or they'll have a Black woman come in and she's the secret wife. You know what Uh, I mean?
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, I see what
1: you're saying now. Okay. They they do have a Black male lead, and he is excellent. I don't want to spoil anything, but there were some issues people had in later seasons that they thought was the fault of the showrunners, but turns out to be not necessarily a fault, but due to decisions made by the
0: actor. Really? Okay. Yes. Okay, so the actor kind of had decisions on where his character would go okay i like this okay yeah and well never mind no i i I can't be that person i don't want to spoil it for anybody who wants to listen to it because (laughs) i'm just a curious cat who wants to listen to more okay all right that makes sense so um let me ask this in terms of the other pros that you have is it because of just what they're doing with the the queer community and what they're doing with the representation through that And I guess my question is, because he's a gunslinger, this sounds like a fantasy show, but is there a time period for this fantasy show?
1: Yes, it is modern day. Okay. And Winona is, I don't know, when was she born? Like the late 80s, but the show kicks off in like 2015, I believe. Ah, okay. And it just follows a modern timeline. Yeah, it's definitely Uh, sci-fi. She's a demon hunter is really what it is
0: mm okay. And all the okay. things that come with that. Okay, so Demon Hunter in that bet. Okay, that's all I needed to know. Cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. All right, then, cool. And, and the
1: humor cool. catches you so off guard, Julian.
0: So I was just going to ask, what kind of humor? Because um, I love me a dark fantasy show that has its humor, that can take itself so seriously, but also make me laugh at the same time. So yes, like, if you could say some kind of humor without spoiling something you can't if you want to.
1: Winona as a character is, is very quippy. Okay. She gives no fucks, but in the best way. So okay, her responses bet. to things are very sassy.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. 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 All right. So, needed somebody who's quippy, just smart ass bet. That's all I need to know. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. All right. Perfect. And um, with this show, I just, I have to ask because, you know, every 24 hours we hear about a new show being axed on Netflix. Has <laughs> this been asked by Netflix?
1: It says not. Um, there is a big fight for season five. Ooh, uh, sci-fi okay. picked up season four and five. Season four is on now. The publishing company, though, like everyone else, has run into money trouble during the pandemic. Oh no. So the fans are like trying real hard to get the season five that sci fi wants. Oh, god damn. We'll it. see. Yep. God damn it. I right. know.
0: God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> All right. I hate when shows like that happen. Like, there's really good shows that you just sit there and be wondering, oh wow, this could be so good. And then because of what's going on here or just in general, the studio companies dealing with stuff, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're shutting down things. Like for instance, I don't know if you know, but Quibi is now shutting its doors down after six months of uh, being an app. Now, which I thought was absolutely hilarious, but I read the them.
1: point. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like it's it's quite interesting to see. Like, hey, making fifteen minute shows that I can definitely go in YouTube on. Is it gonna work? But besides the point. Um, Okay, I really, I really, really, really going to have to get into that because I just finished, and this sounds bad, I'm going to say this now, I just finished Umbrella Academy Season 2, and I feel like, I don't know if you've watched Umbrella Academy, have you, before I I started spoiling shit? I
1: watched Season 1, I have not yet watched Season (sighs) 2.
0: Okay, so let me ask this then, because I feel like, I, I have a huge quorum with season one, but season two kind of addresses certain things that are appreciated. How did you feel about season one?
1: You know, the Umbrella Academy just didn't do it for me.
0: Okay, I figured. It's okay. not
1: a bad show, but I'm just like, I don't, that's why I've taken so long to do season two. I just like, don't super want to.
0: And is it because of the story, writing, like acting? Or
1: that thing is bad. fine. I just think the story was a little bit like try hardy sounds mean, but that's, I mean, it's what, the truth. that's what comes to mind. It's, it's the truth.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. And that's why it was so rough for me to get this season one. That was my huge quorum with Umbrella Academy because I, I binge watched it in, for two weekends and I'm sitting watching the first season of it. And one thing I will say about Umbrella Academy, it, it tries hard. It tries really, really, really hard to try to represent everybody in a category, right? This is one my show that I'm like, could be good. Representation needs to be better, right? Because the mm-hmm. first season, you're like talking about an Asian kid who gets killed. We do not know what happened. We have this gay, this gay character who can see the dead and deal with all this. And then we have Ellen Page, which not trying to spoil it for anybody who hasn't, is this suspicious character, and then you have this Black girl who can manipulate people and you know all the other different things going on. And it's just like, for me, with the first season of Umbrella Academy, it was like, oh, okay, we're trying really hard to make something. Yeah. And it's forcing yeah. so much stuff down my throat. And I was just like, all right, whatever. But I will say this though, and I feel like they're in the right direction with season two. Um, That's bad. Umbrella Academy does something in season two. I'm not going to try to spoil it. That kind of helps with representation all across the board. Besides, again, there's still one damn person that's not getting the accommodation that I, they deserve. But besides the point, um, season two tackles really some really hard things that I wish that the first season did, and. I I'm trying not to spoil it here. Um, I'll I'll give you a premise and just let me know if this is too much or not. Sorry for everybody. To me,
1: I don't personally care. I'll oh, say to my else, audience. I can't sorry.
0: Speak to them. <laughs> sorry, audience. It, I'm, I'm kind of spoiling a little bit of season two. But um, season two basically after you know um, number four kind of like teleports them and tries to do a time jump since the world is exploding on season one. Oops, spoiler. Um <laughs> he takes them to nineteen sixties, right? The nineteen sixties, um, Texas. That's I'm not gonna try to give it any more information than that. In this in the sixties with dealing with, you know, Vietnam, dealing with, you know, the civil rights movement, dealing with um just the idea of being this nuclear family and like all that shit including with some conspiracy theories that was going on in the 60s right it does that in about 10 or 12 i forgot 10 i think it's 10 episodes and it does it in 10 episodes and it kind of flushes out a lot of things that i just didn't expect Umbrella Academy would have done because like like we mentioned, it tries to do too hard of forcing down my throat whereas with season two, you're sitting there and you're starting to realize that, wow, we got some tread here. We're starting to get some characterization from here. Um I don't... No, I can't do that. I can't do that to my audience. Don't do that, Julie. <laughs> um, There's certain things that each character has to deal with while all this is going on and I'm just... I'm, I was flabbergasted because, like you said, the first season is just like, oh, we're going to stop the end of the world. Okay, yeah. this is going to happen. All right. But in this season, spoiler alert, yes, it's still the end of the world. Shit's going to happen, quote unquote. But how they navigate getting to the doomsday day was so like interesting enough for me to keep my eyes on it. I would recommend giving Umbrella Academy the chance it deserves because I didn't, I didn't expect that from this show and to get that in the show with the bullshit that you get with the superhero comic book nonsense, you still get that, but the more expansion of character development was really well done. So I would say, please give it another shot. Try to, try to watch until episode three. Because I believe that's the episode that was like, wow, okay, we're going somewhere. Wait until episode three. After episode three, if you don't like it, please let me know so we can discuss it. But yes, for me, Umbrella Academy is trying to do the representation that it should have done with season one, and it it picks up and does well with it.
1: Okay. All right. I can Um, give season two a shot.
0: Like, I, I recommend it. Enjoyed it. And so enjoyed it. And... I can go into many different theories about that, but that's a whole different conversation. Um,
1: I'll do Umbrella Academy if you do
0: Wynonna. Okay, deal. I'll Uh, I'll have you that. I'll do that for you. Um, Perfect. Now, one last thing I was just going to ask you before we head out. Um, We talked about, you know, there's shows that aren't doing really great representation and shows that are doing great representation. Now, one thing that I was going to ask you and I know this was kind of a spur of the moment question, but I, I guess I wanted to ask you on front. If you had a wish list of three things that you wanted to see in a character or in a TV show that is representing, whether it's woman of color, woman, a queer woman of color, or just anybody in general that you feel like is unrepresented in the TV medium, what would be the three things that you would like to see Inside of that and you could basically use um, examples from different shows. We talked about today if you want
1: Interesting well, Listen point-blank <laughs> in if there are queer women in a show I will watch it.
0: Okay. All right Unless there.
1: Someone has told me deliberately. It's problematic. IE Supergirl
0: Oh, let's let's not talk. About
1: <laughs> we talk don't need about to go girls. there. Yeah, we'll, we'll stop that. there <laughs> but if there are queer women in a show i will watch it okay if there are females of color in a show i'm pretty sure i'm gonna watch it if you overlap those two things sold (laughs) just throw in superheroes triple sold okay all right Mm -hmm. i like the fantasy genre i like how they tie relationships into an abnormal space an abnormal world okay so if you could give me like honestly if you could give me black winona herb
0: okay perfect. i see what you're doing I and see i love
1: winona as it is and melanie scrufano who plays winona is absolutely incredible but okay. if there was something like that with people of color that would probably be my perfect show
0: okay that makes sense okay because for me I I feel like, I feel like for me, my three wish list was I want more representation with more black leads. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we only seen Jonathan Majors. I wouldn't call Yaya Abdul Mateen the second one because technically he was Doctor Manhattan, but wasn't really a lead per se. So I would love to see more black leads in shows and running shows. And one thing that I really, really, and I mean, really wish that we had more of is, again, more representation of women of color um, and not caricatures of them. That, let's, yes. let's put that as that's, as that's a emphasis. big
1: asterisk to put on. that.
0: <laughs> yes, because I feel like, you know, one of my shows that I, I started really entertaining more and as sh- people can tell, I love animation. Don't know why. Just do Kippo off netflix the dreamworks animated show it's a really great show that just talks about like this post-apocalyptic world this girl is from the underground and she's now learning to like navigate the surface world with um another black character and they're just navigating this life together with talking animals right that's um that's basic 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 synopsis but i don't want to expand on it more because I feel like it expands on things that are really well done and that should be a topic of conversation. But if that kind of interests you, I would say recommend watching that. Um, or for instance, one of my shows that I feel like gets gets too much of flag for it. And I feel like could have been the better show of the two, but just because the first one is still project is legend of core, right? Like legend of core done such a really great way of navigating character development for Cora and learning herself and trying to be who she really is. And ultimately I, I, I just love to say this really quick, the huge fuck you that the creators have made Mm. at the series finale for everybody who assumed was just like, yes, that's exactly what I needed to see in a, in a cartoon show. So for me, it's like, i want more strong leads like those and i want to see more representation on those shows i don't and unfortunately it's like i have to go and hunt for those shows i gotta go and like dive and try to figure where these shows are because yeah i don't see enough of them right and i feel like that's the second thing and the third thing is like you said please hollywood and just the medium in general put black women behind the helm and you'll Honestly. see how far your shit will go. Like, like, let's let's just do that. Because I, I I can't say it enough. It has been so damn good to see just the expansion of what black creators can do if they're given the helms for certain things. And like I said, we've seen it with Lovecraft Country. We've seen it with certain shows that kind of have a black showrunner i wouldn't call him a showrunner there's somebody who's like behind the showrunner running the strings and playing the strings and stuff like that but please i've seen too many black women who are directors who are consulting producers just give them the damn show (laughs) give them the show and just let them run it because let's be honest it would be great it would be fantastic it'll be phenomenal i just let's let's ask my three things just more large black leads more women of color and more queer women of color that sh- gives flushed out character development and just put women behind it behind the camera and actually run shit that's that's literally my top three
1: that's a good top three a strong female lead is everything to me <laughs> yes and like an imper like it's an imperfect you know Yes, there's so much that male characters have been allowed to get away with that when female characters do it the same thing, people react negatively.
0: You know what, Camille? That is a mm...
1: that's a long conversation. So
0: I, <laughs> I was I was just gonna say to just just add on. Would we would you love to have this conversation down in the future? This um, down sure. in the future, yeah. yeah. Okay, because oh I i have so many thoughts about this because i feel like there's so many just we're gonna i'm gonna wrap it up really quick i just feel like a lot of shows nowadays do this and it's like oh well there's a white male who done the exact same thing in this show or this movie but when a woman does it it's it's terrible Hmm, okay
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Hmm. interesting all right let's wonder why that is
0: (laughs) So I'm ready to go down that hill. I'm ready to go up on that, die on that hill. So I will definitely keep you updated on that, Camille. Um, But uh, before we head out, was there any last remarks that you wanted to say about just representation in TV or anything in general?
1: I just have to give my props to the shows that are really killing it and doing everything they can to just put out a good product while being inclusive. It shows in your audience response. So just props to, to those people, to those studios, to those writers, to those showrunners who are putting in the work. You're killing
0: it. And I just want to say also, I, I, I also give you your roses because again, I, I can't stress it enough. I love seeing representation that's done really well um that is why i can't wait for season two for a lot of hbo shows specifically euphoria i am waiting like i don't know how soon you need to make this happen uh <laughs> but it needs to happen ASAP. they said
1: they're releasing some special episodes in december
0: they're they're releasing quote-unquote special episodes right but it's not like a full season yeah. i'm sorry I, need my I'm full sure season. That I know
1: they wanted to start
0: production but oh, because of COVID, yeah. Alas. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> yeah, because I saw that there was a table read recently and I was like, oh, yep. yes, we're getting you for you. But COVID. Okay, cool. Well, I know.
1: like There well, was like a two year gap between Winona season three and Winona season four. Oh. And then they film six episodes of season four and the fucking pandemic hits and they have to go on hiatus. Oh. Like, are you guys shitting me right
0: now? <laughs> After put-
1: two years, I have to <laughs> wait. For God knows how long for you to come back.
0: <laughs> so you get it. Like how I feel about, you know, side note, of the Batman. I'm just like, oh, fuck. No, oh, I, I gotta, get it. Just, I get it. gotta wait till next year, like 2022 for this shit to be. Happened. Cool. Thanks, COVID. But, <laughs> <laughs> but before we get on, just a whole COVID episode. Um, I, Again, Camille, thank you so much for coming in on the show with us. I really do appreciate it. Um you again. You're welcome. You're welcome anytime. And when you want to have that conversation, you're definitely down. Um, is there any projects or anything that you have going on that you want the audience to know about? Uh personally? Yeah, absolutely. If you do. My projects include
1: rewatching New Girl and Sleeping. <laughs> Feel free to join me. <laughs>
0: Oh God. Okay. I wish I could do that. but uh.
1: I mean, when I'm not working, I'm literally asleep. It's kind of sad. Oh,
0: nothing's wrong with that. Hey, you know, I was just, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I can't wait until all this is over. Cause I want to take a long vacation and yes. do exactly what you're doing. Sleep and binge watch shows with no remorse. Absolutely. Yep. Nothing's wrong with that. And I, I commend you for doing that. I just, I have too much in the plate right now and I can't, but as soon as everything settles, I'm <laughs> joining and absolutely. It's joining.
1: nice. Clock strikes five. I don't even touch my phone. Don't even look at me about
0: work. <sighs> See, all right, bet. I, I know what I'm <laughs> going to be doing when all this is over. Good. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice. It's nice. It is. <sighs> okay, yep all right you hear that audience if i take a month hiatus you know it's you know where it's from i needed my break (laughs) anyways (laughs) thank you again camille thank you guys for tuning in to this episode um again expect camille coming in um and yeah guys thank you so much we'll see you guys next week